All right, this is Everything You Remember Sucks. I'm your host, Matt, co-host. I'm one of the co-hosts, Colleen. And I am the third and possibly, I want to say, most important co-host, Anoop. Ooh, most important co-host. I want to say I'm the key player. Superlatives. I did the thing that we were supposed to do this week. That's true, you did. And you're here. Well, anyways. Colleen and I could talk. Yeah, we don't need you. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, okay. Fine. Okay. Well, I'll sit here. I'll watch this podcast as a video <laughs> podcast. Right yeah, now. this is a one to two video podcast that we're doing just for yeah. you. Anyway, this is a podcast where we are going to revisit all of our fond pop culture from the 80s, 90s, and is it OOs? 2000s? The aughts. The aughts. The aughts. Yeah. How like culturally that. irrelevant are you? I, I think you I've just know. disqualified myself from I, being able to host a podcast by not knowing the uh, the I'm, shorthand for the OOs. I just learned it the other day. Like I heard it in context and I was like, oh, that's a good way to say that because I never really knew how to say it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I still didn't know how to say it. I'm going to forget it next time when I do this intro again. <laughs> and what we've decided to do is week over week, or I'm, oh fuck, I just committed to way too much work. Whenever whenever noob's available, we are going to revisit pop culture that we remember fondly to see how well it holds up to the test of time. Yeah. And biting off more than we should probably can and should try to chew, we have started with the beloved sci-fi film, The Matrix. And to preface this, I have never seen The Matrix before. Which is unbelievable. I somehow went 20 years without seeing The Matrix. So, true story. I was originally going to intro into this podcast, essentially by roasting Colleen for not seeing The Matrix. But as I have found out in my sampling of the populace over the last few days, apparently a lot of motherfuckers haven't seen The Matrix. And okay. it's problematic. Well, I feel like mine was because like my parents weren't into that kind of movie. So like whatever my parents weren't into, I didn't get exposed to. I don't know. I, I don't think... I don't, maybe they've seen it, but maybe I just like missed out. I don't know. I was also nine when it came out, so I feel like I hear a lot well, of there's excuses. The thing. It's it seems like the most quintessentially '90s movie to me. It came out in '99. Yeah, it's like okay. Closing the door on the '90s. <laughs> so for for those who do, who don't know, and I've got Wikipedia pulled up, which is an irrefutable source. The yeah. Matrix is a '99, very important science fiction action film. Okay. Written and directed by the Wachowskis. It stars Keanu Reeves, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who's way thinner in this one than any of the preceding movies, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving. Which one's the thinner one? Morpheus. He he packs on some pounds later on. Um, (laughs) And I've got the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score pulled up as well, which I thought was an incredible summary, especially... uh, after watching it 20 years later. Okay, hit us. The critic consensus. Thanks to the Wachowski's imaginative vision, The Matrix is a smartly crafted combination of spectacular action and groundbreaking special effects. Love it. Love I mean, it. I get, yeah, I mean, yeah. You think so? For I was impressed with it for it coming out 20 years ago. Oh, okay, <laughs> no. So, Colleen, 20 years ago, forget about that. You saw The Matrix yesterday. You just saw black panther some about a time ago and then you you went to the movie theater yesterday and you saw this new film the matrix how does the matrix stack up without the consideration that it's a 20 year old film i would be like wow this must have been a really low budget film <laughs> what low budget <laughs> well like for like the special effects and stuff or would have been like if you redid the matrix today it would be way cooler but for like 99 i thought it was dope if you saw it today. Today, I would think it was a low budget. Gotcha. But as a, like if I saw it in 99, I would definitely think that they spent a shit ton of money on this. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does read as a like fan film at some point in time. Because the thing is, everything that is practical in this movie looks amazing. Like it yeah. looks really good and holds up. All the CGI <laughs> is terrible. 
It's so laughably bad. But the interesting thing is how little CGI there is. Yeah. Like, the whole pod scene is, like, a lot of practical effects. When he's pulling all those fucking tubes off his back, and you're... I I thought that was all CGI. Nope. No, it it is all real, and there's a lot of, like, mucus... Keanu Reeves must have been washing fake mucus off his body for weeks. It is very... Visceral. There are a lot of unpleasant images in this movie. Yeah, like it's a gooshy so. movie. Oh my god, there's, the a, belly there's a lot button. of juices. I almost, I almost couldn't okay. make it through the belly button. Scene. Okay, I think we're going to probably dissect a lot more of this movie than we have any right to. <laughs> but Colleen, it's an initial review. It's a low budget film that came out in 2019. A new. When did you first see The Matrix? So I can't honestly tell you when I saw The Matrix, but I do know. Speaking of that belly button scene, I do know I was young enough that that belly button scene freaked me out. When I first Same. Saw the oh my god! I did you just have nightmares. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only did I have nightmares of the the like robot going in, the hunting for it in the back of the car was more terrifying to me because yeah. they like suck it out and it like gets. Oh, it's it's gross. I, also. Okay, that was unrealistic. They just sucked it out of his stomach and it like came out bloody. Where was the hole in his body? Yeah. Why did he not need stitches? That thing was pretty big. Yeah. I mean. They just like moved on. They're like, whoop, we these, got it. These are the hard hitting questions. <laughs> this is a a tight movie at times. At times they're just like, look, we got a lot of plot to get through. Yeah. We do not have time to belabor the weird worm. And on one hand, I get that. But they're the guys who made it up. Like yep. they made up the worm and they're like, no, we're moving on. And I'm like, guys, we need a whole movie about just this worm. Yeah. Absolutely. So you don't remember... Do they revisit that worm in later Matrix movies? The worm is actually the main character of the third (laughs) Matrix movie. It's mostly about the worm. (laughs) Turns out the worm was the one. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that. Yeah. There's some really elaborate CGI where he's just fighting this like tiny little robot (laughs) fist to fist. Yeah, yeah. And Trinity is in love with the worm. Yeah. That relationship is much more satisfying than their relationship in this movie, but I'm jumping ahead. You're you're getting way ahead, and I think there's a lot to pick apart into our review now of this movie. Right. But when you first saw it, not knowing when, what did you think of The Matrix? Because to me, this is like a essential movie. Right. It's it's like mandatory viewing. It's it's almost the equivalent. Like if I was a lit teacher, this mm-hmm. would be the book movie thing that i would make kids read wait but a really... literature teacher or like a lit like the kids say no not lit <laughs> like a litter like a lit ap teacher <laughs> i don't know that anoop would be a pretty lit teacher i don't think the kids are saying lit anymore the lit af well they just stopped actually they yeah. when this podcast comes out that's when they're gonna stop saying lit it's over <laughs> it's over but yeah, this this movie to me was like all I needed from pop culture for probably like two years of my life. I think it came out when I was eight um, and I have vivid memories of an extended family member who was maybe five years older than me raving about this movie. And he's Which one, Chris? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and he was at the age where it's like all of the like allegory of this movie was really speaking to him like i'm a high schooler and the matrix is the deepest piece of culture that we've had since i don't know the odyssey or something and to me when i finally saw it it was just the coolest action movie of all time like the kung fu the slow motion the bullet time like i would watch this movie and actually use the scene select on the DVD to be like, all right, Trinity escape scene. All right, Morpheus uh, Morpheus Neo battle. All right, lobby scene to the end. Because I didn't really care about any of the plot, the plot whatsoever. Um, <laughs> That's probably also why I didn't watch it when I was younger, because I wasn't into action films. Yeah, and, and now watching it again, and it's probably been a decade, if not more, since I've seen it. I forgot how much actual plot there is. It's a lot. Like, 
there is a lot packed into this movie. I think that's why I liked it a lot. Because, like, I don't like action films that much. I think they're lame. Like, uh, what's one that I liked? Mad Max. But that's just because it was gorgeous. But I really liked this movie. And I was, like, surprised I liked it. But it was because there was a lot of plot. Like, thinking of another... What did we see that was another action movie? Uh <laughs> The one with the dog uh, with Keanu Reeves. John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, that's the one. And I remember watching it and being like, that was so lame. The pl- the entire plot of the movie was like, this guy's dog died and that's it. Yeah. Like, the rest of it is just him beating people up. So I liked this better. You liked this one better. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. like John Wick. I was also sad about the dog. So, so a new... I still you- haven't gotten past it. <laughs> a new coming in with the weight of this movie being, like I said, essential. What did you think rewatching The Matrix? Well, so one thing I realized is that my perception of The Matrix is, I think, actually not at all based on watching The Matrix. I mm-hmm. think my perception of The Matrix is fully based on, like, 19 or 10 years of it, sorry, 20 years of it being a meme, right? Like, it's just everything in that movie is a meme. There are so many lines in that movie that people quote nowadays. Oh I mean, my God. from, like, I know Kung Fu, the whole red pill, blue pill thing, the Alice in Wonderland stuff everything about it i am the i mean like chosen one dynamics are like from this movie right oh, absolutely yeah it's like the quintessential the you're a wizard harry scene of yeah. morpheus telling um i just like to the one just like to interject it's not you're a wizard harry um popular culture has gotten that wrong it's uh what is it i don't it's know harry you're a wizard i think well, because I've just reread the books and I was like, wait, I always thought it was like, you're a wizard, Harry. And then I, I reread it and I was like, what? My whole mind was blown. It's but- also no, I am your father, not <laughs> guy, I am your father. But like, yeah. like, fine, let's be fucking pedantic about it. <laughs> okay, of the three people on this podcast that I thought would get petty and pedantic about things, <laughs> I didn't think it would be you. Yeah, right? I, I, think- I think- and I. I'm we hurt. got there I'm fast. It's, it's only for Harry Potter. Let's be real. So there we go. So Fair. before before we lose this, the the subject, right, totally right. agree. What's your favorite meme from the Matrix? Uh, you know, it's a low key one. I feel like it's not done very much nowadays, but I want to bring it back. The I know Kung Fu is pretty great. Just yeah, Keanu Reeves, like half stoner, half hacker, <laughs> wakes up. He's like, I, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Like what? What's going on in this yeah, movie? It makes no sense. My favorite yeah. one is still. Um, oh man, I forget her character's name. But when she's about to get unplugged, and she's like, "Not like this, not uh, like this." Like, yeah, what was her name? <laughs> I don't know. That's like my favorite meme from the movie. From a movie yeah. that is, like a noob said, full of meme material. Like I'm the sure. internet has just had a field day with this movie. Maybe I just never I was going to say I don't think I have a favorite meme because I didn't know what like if I saw a meme that was from the Matrix I wouldn't have known that it was from the Matrix. So maybe I've seen dozens of them and I just don't know them. Right. Yeah. Now but I'll get them. Now having seen the movie again, mm-hmm. right? And one it is actually like a really good movie. It is for the most part a very tight film. They pack in a shit ton of plot. And a sizable amount of action. I think you and I were talking about this before we recorded, and maybe before we had, either of us had watched the movie again. I assumed there would not be a lot of action in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of action scenes in this movie, yeah. and a yeah. lot of good action scenes. Yeah, it's like pretty packed, like much more so than I remember. Like anything that's like really exposition heavy is pretty much just leading into the next ridiculous scene, which is totally and- awesome. Many of the things are very concisely put together so that the action scenes are paying off beats that they set up in the very plot-heavy scene. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole fight between Neo and Morpheus contextualizes the fight between Morpheus and Agent Smith, which then contextualizes the fight between Neo and Agent Smith, the the rather expansive fight between Neo and Agent Smith, because that's like fucking the last 30 minutes of the movie it's just <laughs> them fighting in different locales but like each fight builds on each other and feeds off the plot you know there's this scene the very low key like very quick scene with the sentinels early on in the movie that's mm-hmm. then paid off in the climax and you know every movie nowadays every action movie has some sort of timer on the climax to add tension right yeah but this is such a good way it doesn't feel like the timer's coming out of nowhere like everything with um mustached guy epoch 
Epox yeah. the villain. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> no, also, Cypher. 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 Epoch's the good guy. Yeah. Epoch is... God, what is that woman in white's name? Epoch is the other guy next... He's the guy who dies first. He gets unplugged first. So Cypher. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is such an unironic movie. This movie does not wink once. It is. It takes everything it does so seriously. Which is, I think, re-watching it actually some of the reason it doesn't work quite as well as i remember because there are some scenes like i remember being very cool like the red pill blue pill and then he touches the mirror and it like starts to crawl down his throat and i remember that being like a pretty intense moment and i think watching it with the poorer effects 20 years later plus like i think everyone's performance in this movie is just like a little bit too rigid and like yeah, stone sure. cold they're definitely so not the, right. the best so like neo is literally dying in this chair and they're like racing against the clock and then it has like this like clunky pac-man game over music and like all this stuff as he gets unplugged and i was just like mm, doesn't really have the same like gravitas that it had when i was like 12 years old watching this like glued to my screen Right, right. And part okay. of that is, as Colleen said, the CGI just, it doesn't hold up. No, right? doesn't. And so as the glass is moving up his hands, I'm just like, I don't care. This looks yeah. really fake. But then you see these scenes that I think are staged so well. Particularly, actually, you know, I feel like the internet's ruined the red pill, blue pill scene because of everything that the red pill represents nowadays which we don't have to get into but suffice it that one scene where it's framed it's morpheus's glasses and you can see either hand in the glasses that's like a really well shot scene i thought that when i I was watching i was like damn that's really cool i have a note about morpheus's glasses and yes i took notes watching the movie are the reflections of his glasses in this movie cgi'd in is like oh for sure okay that can't possibly that's not how physics works right no i i know totally like and i i just don't remember it looking as clunky as it did because i remember the red pill blue pill but throughout the movie whenever he has those stupid little clip-on sunglasses which how do those stay up great question i have no idea i think they're just really uncomfortable but (laughs) i think they pinch the shit out of the bridge of your nose it's like maybe i I just I, i need to know but i I also need to buy a pair. I was actually distracted when they're in the white room and he's trying to convince Neo about what the Matrix is by the reflection being bad CGI. And it was like, I get what they're trying to do. It's a super cool look. But again, just one of those things where it's like, "Ah, test of time really hasn't been kind to that piece of it. Like if we if that was made today, it would look super cool and be super impressive. Right. Totally agree. Oh, actually, before we get too far away from it, because Colleen and I both gave our reviews, Matt, what did you think of The Matrix 20 years later? Yeah. So what's interesting to me coming back to this movie, and again, my initial review being like the best action movie to come out during our decade, is it's not disputed, but I know now watching it that this movie is just like a bunch of anime nerds conned some hollywood execs to make a huge budget movie and they basically just made a live action anime i think this was around the time of crouching tiger hidden dragon so any of the like fist fighting has that that yeah has that kind of like acrobatics nature but there's so many shots that i'm just like this would be like either for me dragon ball z or any of those kind of like quintessential toonami anime but it's like when neo's fighting and then he flexes to shake the dirt off of or of course like the morpheus or neo to call back like waving um them to continue the fight like all of those little bits i'm like this is just a bunch of anime nerds like trying to do their like have the most fun they can with a shit ton of money and i think it's so entertaining yeah like the scene where they're breaking morpheus out um, and I want to talk specifically about the lobby fight later, but once they get up um, to the helicopter, it cuts to Neo just like kicking the shit out of a guy. Then you have the first bullet time sequence. 
when they steal the helicopter. And then Morpheus does this like crazy ass Hulk scream, breaks out of the handcuffs. There's water flooding from the sprinklers running for like two minutes. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> and the like dive where they catch in midair. I'm like, all of that is just so entertaining. Yeah. And like we were talking about with how they string together the action, for a two and a half hour movie from when it started to finish, I was just like locked in the whole time. It starts with a bang with Trinity escaping from the agents. It quickly picks up to Neo getting unplugged. And then, yeah, much more so than I remember, there's just like hit after hit of these super cool scenes. And I don't think any of them miss the mark. Like I thought maybe the dojo scene was going to be like really awkward or the lobby battle wasn't going to be as stellar as I remember. And I'm just like, nope, this is all still really, really awesome. So I guess we picked I gotta... the wrong thing to title our to start our podcast with because we don't think it's us. Everything you remember <laughs> is probably pretty good. It's probably all right. We'll we'll get to the sucks. Trust me, I've I've got plans for this podcast. But we'll get to that towards the end. <laughs> Most things but, you remember will suck. Some of them will hold up. <laughs> right, and I I like that you bring up the dojo scene because honestly, I think after watching it again, that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. That oh, training sequence is it's so concise. First of all. They just they skip over any sort of real training because they're like, yeah, we could just upload kung fu into your brain. So Great, awesome, right? <laughs> but on top of that, it's not very much like Bullet Time. You know, Bullet Time is that slow mo that they introduce later in the. But on top of that, it's not very much Bullet Time, right? Mm-hmm. I thought this movie would be riddled with slow motion because that's what it made. Matrix introduced slow motion into movies and movies did it like crazy during the early 2000s right (laughs) but this movie actually has like what a few slow motion scenes yeah i mean it's it's really really minimal um and what's funny is because for a movie that invented bullet time i thought the bullet time were the lamest shots in the entire movie like even that's the thing it doesn't hold up even a little bit so that's the thing Right? All the scenes with the CGI and the bullet time and the slow motion don't hold up. And then every scene that focuses on just like the physical hand to hand combat holds up really well. So the dojo scene has, I think, very little CGI, quite quite a bit of what I imagine is wire work. So the parts where they're like floating in the air or jumping up really high is a lot of wire work, but all of those hold up pretty well. But yeah. then anytime you add, like, random bullets flying off in random <laughs> directions, you're just like, ah, this looks really dumb. It, it looks so much worse than I remember. And I'm curious, Colleen, like, do you even remember bullet time, like, as a thing? So bullet time is when they shoot at someone and then they do a crazy dodge. Or, like, so Neo does, like, the, he bends over backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that being a thing, yeah. So, like, you remember the pop culture impact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I remember when... I feel like I remember when the movie came out because everyone was like talking about it and like, you know, everyone in the hallway would try and do that like move. And yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And, like I knew it was about the Matrix, but I was like, eh, I want to watch it. You didn't care enough to just try and like, no. wa- okay. I didn't want to go with the flow. I needed to be different. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's all pretend Colleen wasn't a huge dork. Yeah. <laughs> just a different type. Yeah. Different type, different brand, but you were still a nerd. I was too busy practicing the clarinet. I didn't even care about pop culture. Yeah, you didn't care at all. I'm sure you are just trying to be cool. But yeah, I totally agree that like the the practical aspect of this works really well. And the ship looks really, really cool. I still don't like, and I remember not liking this as a kid more because of how creepy they are. But now it just doesn't make sense to me from like a... Even 200 years from now, this is not how technology would look. How all of the robots and AI are basically just like crab influenced or base. Like the battery stacks and the sentinels and the harvesters and all this stuff. It just unnerves me a ton. And I guess that's the effect it's supposed to have. But for some reason, like it is still very, very tough to watch those scenes. And I think from being a kid... Like when the plugs blow out of his arm and the thing unscrews from the back of his head, 
And I actually, the part where he pulls out the feeding tube and, like, gags, like, that made me feel a little sick. I feel a little sick talking about it (laughs) because of how much I watched this movie growing up and how much it had an impact. And I guess, like, this is a roundabout way of saying that I guess it works really, really well, but I still hate the design of all of that stuff. Yeah, it was pretty... I feel like that's just because, like, personal preferences, though. And I had a, a really amazing note from when that stuff happened, Colleen, that I thought was amazing, where he wakes up in the in the sack of goo. Yeah. And you were just like, how did I not know this movie was about this? <laughs> I guess I just wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I don't know. For some reason, I was like, I never knew that this movie was like, I literally didn't know the premise of The Matrix at all. Not at like, all? Like, I knew that there was a red pill and a blue pill, and that's literally as far as i got i had no idea that it was like about how these people were like living in an alternate like in a fake world that was like i literally blew my mind like i was like is this real life like is this real he's real he's waking up right now like all that stuff was fake and he was like yeah that's literally the movie (laughs) yeah that's the whole point well that's exactly the thing i you know this thing i meant to do yesterday is try and go back and find trailers for the matrix and see what the premise of what they were selling people on like when you walked into the theater because god damn imagine that scene like really imagine it and i guess colleen you don't have to like (laughs) going into that having no idea what's about to happen and then he fucking wakes up in this pod and there's all this like it's like a lot of body horror there's definitely it feels like it feels like stuff that's very spiritually similar to alien like Mm -hmm. a little bit of that whalen yutani that vibe that you get from there yeah uh like seeing that without having any idea that it's going to happen because i knew it was coming and i was still pretty struck by like some of the imagery there the fact of the matter is the plot is that's like one of its huge breaking points because it doesn't make any sense and i'm I'm gonna get on my nerd high horse here the human body is a terrible battery yeah there's just so many more efficient ways robots could generate electricity especially (laughs) given that they don't care about like global warming or the environment like why would they use the human body to generate electricity so i have two nerd notes that i also called out because in that scene where they're describing how they turn he holds up a duracell which i still think is like a very impactful scene where he holds that up in the white room um yeah but he just he throws in which i did not catch growing up the robots discovered that they could use humans and nuclear fission so they've discovered fission, but they still need to just harvest human bodies yeah, to like generate that, all this that energy. Happen. Yeah. And, and also it's the year we've created sentient AIs, but Zion still has like a mainframe that runs the whole operation. Like I did not remember the whole plot of why they capture Morpheus was to get into the mainframe. Yeah. And I'm like, motherfuckers, you guys have created sentient ai and you're like well good thing we got this like 70s computer architecture to to hold this together i get it's post-apocalyptic like it maybe it's all they can scourge up but really like that some of the 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 nerd um or engineer things ruffle me the wrong way but it's not oh the thing that really made me mad was at the end when the like squid things are like coming and they're like in the ship and they're like cutting into it and i'm like oh yeah none of those wires that they just hit had any impact on the power that's going to this entire operation right now like they're literally cutting through everything with lasers but somehow magically everything that they needed to use was still working bullshit (laughs) right right and why did the squids even try to break into the ship yeah, because they wanted they Morpheus, like... right? They wanted to kidnap Morpheus. That's the only reason. Because otherwise, they could just suicide bomb the ship. Yeah. Destroy it. Because they're yeah. robots. Why do they care? Like, I, I vaguely remember there's more to the real world in the sequels, which I'm sure we'll get to if we actually hold up with this podcast and those we will actually tear apart. But I, I don't, I totally agree with you. I don't know why there is this like directive to get in. But it does lead to the cool shot where the thing like lands on the deck of the ship yeah. and then they hit the EMP and like everything goes dark at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
other than cinematic effect again yeah, yeah. that doesn't well good staging too i think yeah. it's really it's a good staging for like a final climactic timer sure it's a little nebulous but that's the nature nature of action movies is that there's kind of this nebulous timer on the end of the movie just to give tension right but i think it's it's a very effective way of doing it You're right so uh, so I, I think we're touching on a few of the things that didn't quite hold up. I think we've harped on the CGI. The bullet time was kind of a letdown. Is there anything else that coming back to you either had fond memories of, Colleen, I guess this doesn't work for you, or watching it now, you just weren't as sold on what they were trying to do? I think like as somebody who's never seen it before and had no idea what the plot was. Also, it was funny because I was Instagrammed like that I had never seen it. I was watching it for the first time and Mm -hmm. somebody messaged me being like, what? Like you've never seen it? And they're like, what part are you at? And I was like, I just got to the part where he had to choose between the pills and she was like, buckle up. You're about to be blown away. And then I was like, oh shit, I really was. Um, But I think the thing that really bothers me is like, what are all those humans gonna do when they wake up like in the plot the idea behind like literally earth is destroyed they can't live at the surface of earth like what the hell are they gonna do like why i honestly at that point i was like i would have rather like if you woke me up from that shit forcibly i'd be like no put me back in this is dumb okay what i would do is if i were like the person that were like oh yeah we're gonna bust them all out i'd be like no we're not gonna bust them all out we're gonna create a better universe where they can do whatever the hell they want Kind of like, what was that movie that we watched recently? The one with the kid who was like the... Oh, God. Ready it, Player One. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank, the one with the kid that was... Yeah, you got that from that. Your descriptions of movies are whack. Yeah. Matt the one already, with the dog. John Wick. The dog <laughs> is like a plot device. Matt already like said the other day, he's like, a good podcast would be just like you describing things because but, it's so yeah. horrible. But they do actually try to cover the base that you're getting to. Like Agent Smith, when he's trying to like... I don't know. It's getting like oddly close with Morpheus. He talks about how the first thing they tried was this like idyllic universe that everyone was equal and had superpowers and no one suffered. And then that's why it's like, well, humans suck because Mm. you guys couldn't accept that everyone would be misery free. What percent of the population do you think when they did wake everyone up is going to be like, fuck this. I liked living in that universe more than I like living in an earth where there is no fucking earth. Like, what are they going to do? I mean, yeah, it creates the whole villain of the movie. Like, Right. I think it works in the effect, but you're totally right that it's like a big logical fallacy as like how they're going to solve the world. Like, oh yeah, we're all going to eat gloop right? that everyone hates like, and be miserable. Right. Yeah, you can't like grow crop. You can't do like what? Do you, right. What? There's going to be a limited amount of resources. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. So I actually <laughs> watching it again and and again. I think we've harped on how much we liked watching it. One of the things that I couldn't get past now is. The whole mission that they're on is to free people from the Matrix. And they also get into this big point about how your mind makes things in the Matrix real and that you can die in the Matrix. And watching it now, knowing that their mission is to save these like innocent bystanders who have no idea, they murder so, so many, many people. people. All of the guards, right? all of the policemen, SWAT teams, like all this stuff. All the people that the agents like possess, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, the senseless like murder. Like, no one matters at all in the the plot to get Morpheus. And that part of it doesn't really hold water to me as much. Like as a kid, you just throw that all aside. Yeah, but now you don't like, realize like they're like literally murdering people when yeah. you're a kid. You're like, whatever. And and they have actually a shot where there's like a baby in one of those sacks and they're like they liquefy the dead to yeah. feed the young. So and I'm up. like, oh, man, this is way That's grimmer. Dark. Like that whole the whole lobby of the office building is like food for thousands, probably. So <laughs> gross. Um, yeah. And, and I think that even though the plot is very tight, like there is some things that just from being a 1999 apocalyptic like cyberpunk future you just can't really immerse yourself in as well. Like yeah. landlines play such a pivotal role in this such movie. Such a pivotal role. Oh my God. Everyone <laughs> landlines be- are the 
the horcrux of this movie. Right. Like, I love that Landlines they could Landlines are the wands of this movie. Actually, they're just like, this is the main plot device. Right. I love that they had cell phones, but that, that couldn't be used no, to get them exactly. out of the Matrix. You're like, oh my god, if that happened now, literally everyone would be dead. Yeah, exactly. And stuck in the you, would, you wouldn't be able like to get out. Like, four people in Austin probably have a landline. Yeah, and there's, like, all <laughs> of the scenes where either Mr. Anderson is working at his computer, either hacking or, or working, or the operators in front of their what was an amazing shot growing up of like 30 monitors which is now probably less screen real estate that i have at work on two (laughs) monitors um it's just like some of that to me is like not as cool as it was but i think that's more just my own hang-ups with like technology but again I, i can't say that I wouldn't watch The Matrix again in a heartbeat because of those things. Like, yeah. so much fun. I think it'd be fun to see, like, what somebody would do with it now. Yeah. Like, if they... I I don't want a remake of The Matrix because I feel like you can't. Like, it wouldn't... Oh, I bet... It wouldn't hold up. But it would be fun Disney's to see... Disney's working on it now. They've tapped into this mic and <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I wonder yeah, what I it would th- be like. The thing... I think I, I lean more towards uh, Colleen's sort of problems with the movie which my problems are more ideological and it it gets into the screenwriting side of things where i wish cypher wasn't so clearly like reprehensible like he's such a creepy shitty dude but ultimately cypher's point is not fundamentally wrong no the way way in which he goes about achieving it is shitty right like he's such a bad guy but they could have played him a little bit more sentimental. I think the steak scene is like an iconic scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say screenwriting wise, it actually probably should have been cut out because it would have been way more interesting to not know that he was the guy who betrayed them until he reveals that he's the guy who betrayed them. Because if you cut out that scene and like one or two other scenes, you don't know he's the traitor until he pops out of the matrix and shoots um shoots the guy running the everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's true. Hey. And I also I also felt like I like identified with that guy. Like when he was like, Oh, why would I I'm like, yeah, like now I, I don't like I don't like you as much as a bad guy because I sympathize with you. I also wouldn't want to get out of it because I'd be like, What the hell is there on, on there what the hell is there on earth for me? Yeah, and I think I totally agree with the noob's point, like it's so it's not even obvious. It's just so told out yeah. in in just like exposition that you you see it coming. Um, but that and another thing, leaning back on like what I used to think of this movie is like he was so slimy and disgusting and and all of those things and so villainous that like I did not relate to his point of view at all watching this movie. Like to me, I was like, unplug me now, bitches. I'm ready. <laughs> Like, I'm ready to go fight the AI and go. And now you watch it and you're like, fuck, I'll give me some money and I'll go back and I'll eat nice steak and have a great life yeah. and not be any wiser. Like, when you're a kid, you don't realize the repercussions that is like making that decision to get out of that. And then you're like, cool, well, I guess I'll just eat gloop for the rest of my life. It's like, oh, shit, you're going to upload Kung Fu directly into my brain. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like a fundamental, there's a question about reality in this movie where it's like, what is reality? And Morpheus even kind of makes this point, but Morpheus falls on the other side of it, which is that there's something intrinsically good about existing in the real world. But if you exist in a world that is entirely indistinguishable from the real world, in what sense is it not real? Mm -hmm. And he actually says that. But he just kind of, for his own reasons, falls on the other side of that ideology, which makes Morpheus an interesting character. And they could have made the villain an interesting character, too. Right. They could have made Cypher an interesting character, but the villainous human sucks. Now, the villainous full-on villain that is Agent Smith is fucking great. Right. I love Agent Smith. That whole interrogation scene where he's talking to Morpheus, and he's just like, I hate the smell of humans. Like, yeah. You got to think like he's this computer program who has an opinion and just hates people so much. He's like the the fun. He's like mid management computer program. And he's like, fucking, I hate this job. He's so approachable in that way. Yeah, I think actually some of these like characters in the movie are way more awkward than I remember. I remember Neo being 
amazingly cool, obviously a hacker that is the one super awkward, like stoner vibe is totally right to describe him. I think I had a pretty low standard of what to expect because I've just had my whole life of people like trying, like quoting Keanu Reeves and like in his voice and like sounding so lame that I was like, this guy this is going to be really bad. Yeah. Um, And I think there are things with Morpheus that are also super awkward and clunky. I mean, I think that's more of just the character of being this like self-aggrandizing and and very bought into his ideology. But yeah, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith is still really terrifying and badass. That's the guy from Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. I like didn't even put that together until like an hour and a half in the movie when he took off his sunglasses and I was like, oh, that's the guy from Lord of the Rings. And he's like, you just realized that. And that's the weird thing. This movie, before Lord of the Rings, before casting for the Lord of the Rings, so they cast Agent Smith as the leader of the elves. They're like, they see this guy, and they're like, you know what he looks like? The race of ephemeral, beautiful people? Yeah, Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving, let's pick him. Hey, it works. Both roles, he's amazing. Yeah, he's great. And I think just to round it out, like, Trinity is still so badass in this movie. Oh, for sure. She was definitely my favorite character. I mean, I think they shoehorn in the, like, I'm supposed to fall in love with the one thing. Because there is no real, like, romantic tension or buildup, no. I think, Not between them at all. Not an ounce of it. No. <laughs> Not and, got no chemistry. And, like, I, again, coming from it with, like, my, my nostalgia, nostalgia goggles, like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So when it happened and it was still so inconsequential i'm like you could have just ignored that completely and i bet now that wouldn't be a subplot in that movie yeah i feel like we're it's 2019 like if they made this movie for the first time they wouldn't need a romantic aspect of it but i feel like in 99 like that was a big thing so i i think i know go ahead oh no no that that was going to be my point it's just like it is so ahead of its time in that storytelling convention where it's like you do have a female character who has kind of her own motivations. She's pretty well put together. She's a badass. Like that's pretty ahead of its time for 1999. And then it just at the end, it's just so 90s. It's just like, and I loved you all along. Yeah. No, fuck off with that. I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think it's it worked. Totally at all. unnecessary. And if you. If you were then to composite the first movie and the second movie, a little spoiler alert, but at the beginning of the second movie, Trinity and Neo are like hooking up. That would actually be better storytelling if she didn't tell him she loved him at the end of this movie. So that when you jump to two, it's like, oh yeah, some sometime in the middle, they started hooking up. That's fine. But just after knowing this guy for like, 30 minutes okay sure you watched a training montage yeah that fight with morpheus was really cool that doesn't mean you love him yeah <laughs> okay. i think and mouse I... wanted to jump those bones before trinity even right did. that's definitely yeah. for sure now neo x mouse i'm into yeah. i ship it i I'm, ship it i'm all, all for that i just felt like like the only reason that they really put the romance aspect in it because it was an action film and they like w- probably wanted to draw more of an audience or something i don't know and it was like just what you did but also like they were just like it was like too much pounding and hitting home that's like he's the one it's like yeah we got that we didn't need you to like schmooze up all um like it doesn't make sense yeah like we didn't need that we got it when he's like doing a badass scene with agent smith yeah um well i think i know where we're all gonna land on this but looking back 20 years later colleen 20 hours later <laughs> do you still recommend the matrix hell yeah yeah i'm in the hell yeah camp absolutely a new yeah for sure for sure i think the things that the matrix does well that still do not land well today are those practical action scenes yeah just are so good and you can watch movies that came out much later I, you know, I don't want to point any fingers. I love The Dark Knight, but the fight choreography in The Dark Knight is bullshit. Watch it. It's bad. The Dark Knight is an amazing movie otherwise, but it's just like Christian Bale throwing random bows at his right. opponents all the time. <laughs> right? Like, there is still so much bad fight choreography in movies nowadays, and The Matrix just nails it. It has a very high-minded concept, and it 
it delivers it in a very approachable and like very easy to digest way. Nowadays, a lot of those plot points, it would make the movie so heavy, so bloated, so like impossible to parse. This movie just beat for beat moves through like a shit ton of plot. Yeah, it's just it's really well told. CGI doesn't hold up. I don't know. What are you gonna do? I feel like, like it's not a surprise. I, I mean, I didn't come into it thinking the CGI was going to look good. Yeah, I was, like, will you ever think a movie from '99 is gonna hold up CGI wise? I was a little surprised at how bad it looked. To be honest, um, the thing I kept thinking of because there's a lot of this kind of similar imagery is the Terminator 2 with the liquid metal Terminator. Like, there's a lot of stuff that from that movie, which I think is eight I've years older. I think that's 1991. Looks. <laughs> to me better than 1999 cgi does but that aside um i think there's a few things that work like way better as an adult actually watching it obviously this high-minded concept yeah. lands way better i'm shocked this movie got made to a noob's point like now it would be dumbed down to the nth degree but also 1999 your main character is a hacker. Like computers weren't as widespread. Yeah. The idea of artificial intelligence is probably completely unknown. It's true. Like all of these things that it executes on and delivers like in a comprehensible way is awesome. And all of the action scenes, even if you are somewhat distracted by the look of CGI bullets mm-hmm. or some of the slowdown effects, like they're still so entertaining and I found myself during the lobby scene, like the music cue that kicks in with this like heavy bass line. Like I remembered that to a T, like the pillars exploding, him flipping to pick up the gun, like everything about it is just so cool. Like I said, it's like an anime, a live action anime that yeah. actually worked. Like they just killed it. I love this movie. I think if I'm like comparing this movie to a more recent movie and like one that I think will also I think but may I haven't watched it in a while also hold up is like I feel like The Matrix is like 1999's Inception. Mm. Like I feel like those two like the 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 idea behind it, the like everything that goes into it, how how it looks, like I feel like 20 years from whenever Inception came out, we're going to be reviewing that one and be like, oh, like, oh, wow, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And like a couple of things won't hold up as well, but you'll be like, overall, it was a really cool story. Yeah, I feel like the like same. very about... heady, high-minded. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what it reminds me of. Another movie that was memed to high hell. Oh, yeah. Inception True. is like pretty much entirely a meme. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. And you could see the influences. It is very much a movie where you can think of a bunch of movies that do other things from The Matrix really well. Yeah. Like, there's movies with better action scenes. There's movies with more interesting sci-fi concepts. But to do all of the things that Matrix does in one movie is, I don't think, something that happens very, ne- very often nowadays. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, if we're going to kind of use memes as like cultural checkpoints. Like there's a reason that the matrix is meme to high hell, like because it is still fun to watch and everyone saw it. And like those scenes are so iconic that you know what it's representing, even in meme form, like the red pill, blue pill, like, you know what they're trying to get to when you see that, like the, the Kung Fu scenes, like all that stuff just holds up and is so, entertaining that yeah i i can't recommend this enough especially like me if you haven't seen it in 10 or 15 years it's it's just fun to revisit and it's fun to know that as somebody who's never seen it before and just watched it like i would still recommend this movie like if i ran into somebody else and i told them like oh yeah i just watched the matrix for the first time like i've never seen it i would absolutely recommend it to them it's like you know maybe with the like small caveat of like just remember it was in 99 Yeah, yeah i think that's totally fair but it's funny because like our friend Nick was saying that it's like his favorite his favorite movie of all time, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's not gonna be good. Like, how is this his favorite movie? It's like so old. Like, shouldn't he have had an updated favorite movie? But now I'm watching it, I'm like, I can see why this would be somebody's favorite movie. I think it's a lot of people's favorite movies, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. And yeah, we a bunch of nerds. Yeah, a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so any any last thoughts? Any anything else to close out on? It's a good movie. No, I mean I could easily talk about the Matrix for another like hour, but what what would be the point? Yeah, <laughs> the the idea, the core idea is that I I do think this is a really well put together movie, which is just so surprising. 
Yeah. I, Were you surprised that you that it held I, up? I was surprised that I wasn't bothered by more things. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few things that bothered me. I think there were a few shots that could have been like trimmed down or changed a little bit. A few plot lines that show their age. Like I said, the romance thing, it just throws me for a loop. Yeah. It really does. Uh, obviously the CGI, but that that I wasn't surprised by. That I knew I wasn't going to like and I didn't like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what really stuck out to me a lot of time, I expected there to be a lot of cringy 90s music choices. Yeah. Nope. Which there were plenty of cringy 90s music choices but there was a surprising amount of actually well put together music in the movie as well i liked like the cringy there was 90s music. there was a good um a good like kung fu soundtrack in that dojo scene mm-hmm. that really brings it all together uh and a movie that nails on like a lot of different aesthetics like there's this old Asian aesthetic in the dojo scene. There's um there's some really interesting like Tim Burton esque stuff going on in some of these buildings, like these decrepit buildings that they yeah. set up with like all these curtains, purpley red curtains. Yeah. It just felt like very gothic. Um, just it reminded me of something that you'd see in like uh like it looked like a set out of Harry Potter, but then you have all these people in leather and sunglasses dropped into that set. And you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. I did not remember that at all. I just remembered one more thing that bothered me about the plot. And it was when he sees the cat twice and then he's like, Oh, deja vu. And then, and they're all like, what? And you're like, like you wouldn't have told this guy that like, if he saw something like that, like, I feel like that's a huge Thing. Like they were trapped in that building because they inadequately prepared him. It's like in real life, they would definitely would have been like, oh, by the way, if you see something weird, let us know because it's probably a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, I feel like glitches in the Matrix would play a way bigger role. Right. Like they probably exploit like the whole all the defying gravity, the way they fight is all based on like breaking rules in the Matrix. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, but deja vu. Don't worry about that until oh, they've locked us into this building. <laughs> but oh, other yeah, than that. Yeah. Interesting choices. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I would say we rounded it up pretty well. Well, guys, thanks for listening to Everything You Remember Sucks. Uh, I'm really excited for next week's episode. Uh, I'm going to love it. You're going to love it. We're all a happy family. See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>